Support for this podcast is provided by That Cast Creative. Brand your business and connect with your audience by creating a custom podcast. Learn more at thatcast.com. Uh, with the new investment coming in, I'm going to invest more on the talent, um, especially in in uh, in our Beaverton office. Uh, also, we do have plans to open a, a, a more of an international sales office, looking at uh, uh, other markets as well, because we already have customers pretty much in these different continents. Um, the growth plan is to hire uh, you know, sales and marketing and customer support talent in our uh, um, Beaverton office, and as well as uh, invest something on our engineering team back in India as well. Um, so we expect uh, to double the team that we have today uh, by end of 2019. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bruden. On today's episode, we have Ganesh. You're the co-founder and CEO of RFPIO. We're here in your offices in Beaverton. You're moving here in a couple, couple days. Week, couple days. So I always love to start this. Do you mind just giving a little overview of you know who you are and the company, and we'll kind of get into more of that. Uh, first of all, thanks, Dan. Uh, I think good to be here with uh, PD, PDX Executive uh, Forum. I am uh, I'm really excited to be uh, part of uh, this wonderful thing that you're doing. Thank you. Uh, so yeah. Um, about RFPIO, um, I jokingly say this to my team. Uh, we uh, don't have this cool story like uh, uh, Apple or Google where you know friends came into a garage, worked <laughs> on an idea, and became a hit. No, that's not the case here. It was really uh, a pain point that we, as a user, you know, myself and my co-founders shared in my previous uh, in in our previous employer, where we have responded to quite a few RFPs. Uh, what our customers today are doing is exactly what we were doing about three years before before starting. RFPIO, we understood what was the pain point. We looked at different options to or to automate uh, uh, the RFP response process and security response process, uh, but technically we couldn't find a solution that kind of met our needs. So that's when we decided to take it on our own, and a uh, few of the local investors uh, really supported that vision, you mm-hmm. know, when, when we just had a PowerPoint deck. Mm-hmm. It was not a product itself it's it you know uh, uh, investors believed in us and they wanted to give us a chance uh, who has worked with us before and and they st- started off with a seed investment that's how we started uh, three years down the line we are pretty good stol- solid 60 plus employees wow. and uh, we have two look are in fact four different locations we have offices uh, and uh, our headquarters is in Beaverton. Yeah, well, I love that you're here. We were talking before we started recording, like why you're in Beaverton versus downtown Portland, and we'll get into that. And I want to talk about just the, the problem you guys first thought of for the software, because you know my background's in marketing. Obviously, there's a lot of RFPs in that, and it's always been clunky. So uh, tell me, like, okay, we we think of this as a it's a problem we want to we want to do. Did you work on it kind of nights, weekends while you're in your full-time job or did you just kind of jump into it or? No, there is a story through that also. (laughs) You know, you know, what happened is, um, uh, I was a product manager, uh, senior product manager working for a different company. My co-founders were implementation manager uh, and security expert. Uh, um, All of us had our primary job. For me, the primary job was release management, product features, customer analysis, all those things. But when my sales team got an RFP, you know, they throw it in my way and say, hey, Ganesh, can you help? Hey, Sundar, my co-founder, help him on the security aspect of it, implementation, Shankar. So what happens is kind of became a regular process. I estimate... Um, 
we were spending almost 30% of our time, hmm. which is not the primary job. Again, right. this is like a, a job that is not measured in any way for my performance. Yeah. I'm doing it for my sales team, <laughs> yeah. and then we help them close deal. Yeah. But that's one kind of prompted us, 30% of my time is going to a, in a non-primary job. How can we automate this, right? right? So we started off with using technologies that we thought would solve. You know, we used Excel sheet uh, to solve it. And then what ended up happening, everybody had their own version of Excel sheet because we thought it would be cool to create a library of maintaining. It didn't work. The out. nightmare of Excel sheets for anything. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's a- it's, it's, what happened is, so we said, okay, this is not working. It is not dynamic. It kind of outdates pretty quickly because they were brave. So we'll move to online. Our online version of is Google Docs. We mm-hmm. said, okay, we move the Excel doc <laughs> so that it maintains a live, we maintain a live document. Again, like you know, like you said, Excel has its own challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody maintained. Then we said, okay, that's not working out. We'll go closer to the sales team, which is the Salesforce CRM that we've been using. It. And we move the content into that Salesforce application. As a director of product management, I had access to it, to Salesforce. I right. can see that. But the challenge we face is the, the product manager or the business analyst who are downstream process, they didn't have access. So what made the content go stale? We said, no, that's not working out. Mm-hmm. We moved the content closer to the product management team, which is Jira, which is Atlassian's product. We used Jira to manage it. Again, that's not the intent for those tools, but mm-hmm. we tried to use it for a different use case. It didn't work because my sales team was never in Jira at all. But that's an, in a product teams and engineering team. So that's when we started looking at the application to look at specialized application to manage these RFPs or security questions. We couldn't find any. But I'm really proud to call ourselves, you know, three years down the line, those technologies that we have used, those exact companies are using our application. Today, Salesforce is our customer. Google Cloud is our customer. Right. Atlassian yeah. is our customer. They are using our application to manage that process. Yeah, I love, I love the story and... So let's talk about kind of the, the investment piece a little bit. Yeah. How long were you working on the product before like, hey, you know, we need some investment to help scale this. And then, you know, we were talking before recording as well, just like Portland, it's a, an investment community. It's gotten a lot better here. It's um, It still has its own challenges, but you sound like the road. You had some connections already. Can, can you walk through that kind of process? Yeah, um, I am a firm believer of uh, uh, networking. You know, I think we are here today as a company, as, uh, um, as an individual, I think, because of the network effect that I had mm-hmm. over a period of few years, um, especially in Portland. Uh, when we were looking at, uh, you know, um, uh, the market uh, for our own usage, uh, we couldn't find a tool. That's when we decided, okay, we, we might be onto something, you know, and then we decided to go document it, uh, the business case. That's when we realized, okay, we need to have funds to yeah. to develop it. Uh, none of us have big bank accounts to manage <laughs> it, you know. Right. I was a product manager. I just moved to the U.S. You know, it was, it's kind of, uh, I had a newborn baby. You know, it was like a situation where I didn't have a lot of bank balance to do it. So that's when we kind of slowly reached out to contacts that we knew could be potentially be interested in investing uh, you know, I think we were lucky enough to approach the right uh, uh, people who mm-hmm. has the right. Uh, uh, I think Portland has that, uh, you know, mentality to to kind of uh, uh, help upcoming entrepreneur. The the key element is you have to have the right product. Right. You know, but the investors understand the products can get pivoted at any time, but they are looking for the key 
team mm-hmm. they look at the team at the very early stage so when we presented we kind of gave a holistic view although it was just a powerpoint deck right. we got our all, yeah, yeah. yeah so it was a powerpoint deck but our investors were a little bit navvy or you know i would say smart investors uh, they said okay at least the, the first few two investors who invested on us they said we can invest but we are going to invest on a based on a milestone basis you know which also worked out in our favor hmm. the investors said we um i can invest if you hit certain milestone at this point of time i can write a check like this so what it started off a small investment it became a huge investment at a later point because we were able to hit their milestone they laid out in front of us it's like a and i hate to call this but it is the the carrot and stick story yeah. they had the carrot in front yeah. of us okay. <laughs> you if you hit those milestone the carrot was the the check that they were willing to give that's and, when and it worked out because i i think you went public with this uh was this in the fall you raised your series a yep 25 million yep right and the great thing about that is the lead investor was is local yep right and so how has kind of the i mean your startup founder now the community here around startups been for you you know not only your team and hiring and recruiting people but you know you personally for your growth no i think there are a few few organization that i would like to call out especially kind of helped us in the stage you yeah. know um i uh, first of all you know technology association of oregon yeah. they wrote the first article about us when i was just me not mm-hmm. even another employee it was just <laughs> me and my co-founders were working part time so you know technology association wrote an article about how this upcoming technology could automate the the uh, response process of an rfp uh it started off there mm-hmm. and it kind of spiraled into some more networking that's when our first paying customer technically called from that article it is the real fan bound okay. that was our first inbound lead <laughs> yeah the person from smarts was our first paying customer actually so they called us and said hey we are a local company we can help you guys out because we use a very similar tool but since you are local we would like to give give yeah. you guys a chance that's how it started off the customer started off he as an inbound and then uh and the next um uh, uh kind of a community that i want to call out is uh uh tie mm-hmm. tie where they kind of organize these pitch fest yeah. or you know pitch uh, yeah. pitch uh, uh, i think uh, pitch club yeah. so i was part of that pitch club so i was going there and doing an investment pitch it is not pitch for investors it is a pitch practice yeah. you know it was just they organized it in you know, out of their own you know community thing they organized this pitch thing i was pitching and preparing for mm-hmm. myself for investor pitch that's when i met the investor uh, nitin who runs the elevate capital and one the, of those yeah, kind of event. okay yeah those those uh, that's the investment or that meeting is when i met nitin yeah. and nitin said okay it seems like an interesting concept i would like to meet and then i i kind of uh, had a meeting with him It's all of that, and uh, that gave me uh, an entry into another community, which is the Bend Venture Conference. You know, mm-hmm. out in the Bend area. Again, that's a huge community of yeah, angel investors. Uh, yeah, we we came runner up in two thousand seventeen Bend Venture Conference. Uh, uh, thing we we came runner up, and it was a great event for us. And then, kind of spiraled into our first customer, Smart. uh the ceo of smarts uh which is who runs uh, archives capital steve mars today right. he became an investor it's kind of a local community word of mouth is what kind of got us into the spiraling effect from the customers from the article everything kind of 
spiral around it. And that's what's great about Portland. Is like, it is great about you know, Portland. Just like TAO picked you up initially when you said when it's pretty much like bare, you had your uh, product at that point. Um, Portland is so collaborative. So let, well, let's talk about, you know, we're here in Beaverton. Uh, you've had some choices potentially to, you know, go downtown. But it sounds like the community out here has been great to you. So talk about just like being in the burbs, having this startup. How's that been as well? Yeah. And so, um, you know, being in the burbs also makes us, you know, sounds like we may not, we are not hip, you know, we are not, we are not trendy. We don't have this fancy office. You know, we have this, don't have this sky, skyrocketed building. So yes, it is true. But I think uh, uh, this community is what has fed us, what fed us before when we were employees. So we want to kind of pay it forward yeah. to the place where we earn uh, ourselves money before uh, becoming an entrepreneur. So as a group, our co-founding team and I, we decided to stay in Portland, not to move to any other city. Mm-hmm. And that's what we love about. And another important element is the city of Beaverton has been amazing support uh, uh, for us. You know, you know, even we, in fact, we met uh, the, the mayor, uh, Mr. Doyle, who mm-hmm. kind of helped us facilitating this space. And also the business development manager, um, Bill Berg, uh, I would like to call him. He also helped us getting a spot in the space. Again, uh, uh, they don't need to do all the favors that they have done, mm-hmm. but they have gone extra miles to kind of retain the the uh, talent or retain the company. Yeah company in the spot uh, uh, even the new space that we are going into is is actually uh, uh, subleased by city and we are going to still our landlord is going to be the city of Beaverton <laughs> so we are we are very excited about the new space that that's great and I love that you're you know you're like you're staying true to who they've helped you out so well let's talk about well what you can share about what are some of the growth plans for the company yeah so uh Again, we've almost doubled uh, in number of employees from where we started off even 2018. By the end of 2018, we were almost doubled. So uh, with a new investment coming in, um, um, I'm going to invest more on the talent, um, especially in in, uh, in our Beaverton office. Uh, also, we do have plans to open a, a, a more of an international sales office looking at uh, uh, other markets as well because we already have customers pretty much in these different continents um, right. the growth plan is to hire uh, you know, sales and marketing and customer support talent in our uh, um, Beaverton office okay. and as well as uh, invest something on our engineering team back in India as well um, so we expect uh, to double the team that we have today wow. uh, by that, end of 2019 that's great I know you mentioned to me I think it's next month you're, you're traveling back to India for like a month yep. and is that I know some of your engineering teams there is that the cadence throughout the year? You'll go for a month, come back, or oh, it, the the advantage of having co-founding team is that so our plan is to be there uh, every quarter. One of us can be there, so yeah. we get we can take turns. Okay, so just Sundar finishes trip, so he's back. So I'm going. I'm, when I'm back, so Shankar might go. So it's kind of a, gives us a turn, so that every every three or four months somebody will be there, okay. so that the team there also feels that the management is there. It's not like they are, don't feel like left alone. That's why I think the talent is key. Uh, you know, technically speaking, um, uh, till date we have not lost one employee. Yeah. Wow. Uh, three years uh, plus. In three years. Yeah. We That's we have uh, technically one employee who kind of 
transition into consulting but not anybody moved out saying okay we're not going to work for you so it's that's yes. yeah touch yeah. would be our maintaining that culture um so we uh, we are very uh, picky mm-hmm. about who we onboard right. but uh, once we onboard i think we are pretty sticky <laughs> yeah yeah no it sounds like it yeah. and so i want to roll back to it sounds like you have a young child right yeah. and you know someone who's obviously putting a lot of hours a lot of work in that and something i always look to ask folks i have a i have a three-year-old too um how's that balance been i know i hate the word work-life balance uh but you know how's managing that young family with you know a a really aggressive uh you know startup investment and milestones you have to hit to be honest it is tough yeah. you know one thing which you you know coming out of my heart it's like i'm i'm not going to say a lie that i'm balancing everything yeah, yeah. perfectly uh, uh i try to balance that to be the dad they want to be at the time they want me so but again um sometimes i i kind of feel this we are successful because of some of the compromises that we had to do it in mm-hmm. in with family mm-hmm. that's why we are successful in the company mm-hmm. but i think you know now off late once at the stage now i do have some you know uh, uh delegation that i can do yeah. i don't need to take on everything that i used to do so mm-hmm. i now have uh, much more time management capacity than i used to have so kind of now i have two two daughters um you know 7 and 5 okay they uh, uh at least i can be there when they have a doctor's appointment yeah. i can go there it's no longer uh, a, a situation of okay i cannot come so i can make a choice early it was not even a choice mm-hmm. i don't i cannot make a choice whether i can go there it was i have to be here because very limited by the bandwidth very limited by the resource i'm glad that we are in the situation at least i can make a choice now but yeah. i'm i'm leaning towards family when when and when that's a given a choice yeah. so but it is tough it is not i would not say it's a piece of cake but you know uh, but that's what we signed up for right. i know when you start up a company um, i don't think so even big companies uh, ceos or entrepreneurs uh, would be able to uh, easily manage that even it doesn't matter because i always felt as a company big get bigger mm-hmm. and it becomes more more mature mm-hmm. you will be able to, but there's always that's like you know you know it's like it's like a child too you know it's it like is, right? when 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 your kid grows every day there is something or the other comes when your kid it's small enough yeah, yeah you know something so even they will be, become you know uh, a toddler there's a different set of challenges when they become teenagers they, right. they become you know obviously we have gone through that i think company also evolved that and every every stage there's going to be a challenge it is different from what you used to but it's going to be the challenge yeah and i think um i'm always so suspicious of people who are like touting that i we got it i got to figure it out you know i have this great balance and because it is it's it's it is tough and if you're an entrepreneur but like i said even if you're an executive in a, a large company so yeah. i appreciate you being you know candid about that so yeah. well before we wrap up you know, where, where can people find you are you speaking any you know events coming up or I know you have your own user conference you do too right yeah we have our user conference plan that is planning uh, later in the year but the key uh, important uh, conference that we are attending is uh, the RSA security conference that is coming up uh, in the week of March 4th and 5th uh, in San Francisco we will be there we have our own booth there mm-hmm. so we are pretty excited to be uh, uh, um, 
present there. This is our first one in RSA. We used to go for other conferences like Salesforce, uh, APMP, we've been there. Uh, yeah. This is our first one for RSA. We are pretty excited. Um, so all our, our booth setup is done. You yeah. know, we, are, we, are, we are kind of uh, excited. Cool. Yeah. And events is my life. So that I know that's a lot of work. Oh, too, right. So yeah. we're going to thanks so much for being on the podcast and sharing your story. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate you having me. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I'm Dan Bruden, and you've been listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. Original music was composed for this episode by Levi Downey. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, 